0: This week on the Iowa Watch Connection.
1: The iron's kind of hot, in a sense, for uh, young and first-time voters
0: to sort of plant their flag. Voting and elections, a uniquely American experience.
1: I had not planned to vote in the midterm elections on
0: November 6th. What will attract more young people to the polls?
1: Not
2: enough people vote as it is, and I think even though people say, like, it's just one vote, it won't count, I think it actually does make a big difference.
0: First Time Voters, our topic this week.
3: The Iowa Watch Connection is presented by the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, online at iowawatch.org. Here is Jeff Stein.
0: We categorize young voters as those between 18 and 24 years of age. Many are in college or just starting their professional lives. In the last so-called midterm election in 2014, 35% of people in that age group who said they were Republicans cast a ballot. That's a low number, but significantly more than young Democrats, as only 25% of them turned out. And of 18 to 24-year-olds who did not hold a party identification but were eligible to vote in Iowa, only 18% did. Traditionally, the percentages of people in various demographics who vote go up. In short, the older you get, the more likely you are to vote. As the November 6th general election draws near, both Democrats and Republicans are working to solidify their respective bases so they can turn their attention in the closing days to voters without a party preference, even though, again, among young people, they are even less likely to vote. Iowa has staggered elections, meaning a great focus every two years. For example, we vote for president in one cycle, but for the state's chief executive in a different cycle. Attention here and nationally is being given to Iowa's race for governor this year between Republican Governor Kim Reynolds and her challengers, Democrat Fred Hubble and Libertarian Jake Porter. As you know, Reynolds succeeded longtime Governor Terry Branstad So this is the first time voters have had the chance to vote for her. Reynolds and Hubble squared off in three debates this month, including a final one last weekend in the Quad Cities, presented by the Gray TV stations in Iowa.
4: Well, I have been blessed as the governor of this state and honored to talk about the amazing things that are happening in this great state. And that wasn't always the case. Eight years ago, Iowans were struggling to find work. The budget was a mess. Education in schools had been cut by the governor that Fred worked with. Iowa is working and the facts are undeniable. We've been recognized as the number one state in the country. We have the second lowest unemployment rate, third best managed state. Our taxes are going down, our wages are going up, and we're investing like never before in education, job training, and and, health care.
0: The governor just promises more of the same. I promise to bring change. Almost 30 years ago my wife and I faced a life-changing experience. We were held hostage on a hijacked plane by three terrorists halfway around the world. Automatic weapons pointed at our faces. Our lives were threatened every day. My wife was held on that plane for six days. I was held for 13 with little to do and and very little certainty. I sat there. I prayed. I thought about what I would do differently if I got a second chance. Ever since then, I wake up most mornings remembering that event, but also motivated to make our state the best place it can be. Unfortunately, today, I am very concerned about the direction of our state. How well are the candidates for governor connecting with young voters, many of whom will be casting ballots for the first time? And how are those voters preparing before making their choice? Iowa Watch's Lily Bolke has our report.
4: While some first-time Iowa voters are well-informed about the 2018 gubernatorial race between Republican incumbent Kim Reynolds, Democrat Fred Hubble, and Libertarian Jake Porter, others getting ready to vote for the first time are still doing research. Some 18- and 19-year-old Iowans are not even sure whether they plan to vote at all. Iowa Watch talked to first-time voters about whether the gubernatorial campaigns are appealing to them, as well as what kind of information they are looking for and what issues they think are most important. Lauren Reese, for example, does not know yet whether she is going to vote, nor who she will vote for if she chooses to cast a ballot. She's 18 and from Monticello. I
2: haven't really thought about it a whole lot, no.
0: I don't know yet. I'm not sure.
4: Many of the people we talked to said they care about candidates' stances on social issues in the state, such as abortion, immigration, and transgender rights. Amber Jensen is 20 years old and a first-time voter from Davenport. As a Spanish major at Cornell College who said she hopes to work with the Latino community in Iowa as a career, she said the immigration debate is important to her as well, including how it related to the immigration status of the man accused of murdering Molly Tibbetts. Jerson said that despite the fact that Tibbetts' family did not want to politicize her death, Reynolds made it political while Hubble did not. When asked about whether the candidates were talking about the issues Jerson cares about, she said,
2: I believe that they are. Um, I follow Fred Hubble on Twitter. My friend is actually working for his campaign, Um, and I look at Kim Reynolds' tweets, but I don't personally follow her on Twitter. I do keep up with uh, the things that she's doing within the state um, through other news stations.
4: Emily Butolf is 19 years old, and while she's lived in several places, most of that has been in South Dakota. She lives in Iowa City now while she studies at the University of Iowa. She plans to vote in the Iowa gubernatorial race, but did not know for whom when we talked with her. We spoke at the Iowa Memorial Union, where it was busy as students lined up for early satellite voting that was taking place.
2: I do. Um, it's a little conflicting because they it becomes so extreme in some of the issues that like I agree with what they're saying, but not what they support. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense.
4: Yeah. Um, do you have any like examples of that?
5: Yeah. Um,
2: I'm, I personally, um, my face doesn't believe in abortions, um, so Planned Parenthood has been poisoned against me from the start. Um, but, I do, but I do want women to have access to
6: health
4: care. also said that she thinks partisan activity has turned the political process more commercial. McGuire-Schultz, who is 19 years old and originally from Des Moines, agrees. He said he thinks politicians often cater to their political parties too much and that he will probably choose to vote for the candidate whose ideas are their own rather than those of their party. Partisanship is not the only frustration some first-time voters have with the gubernatorial election and the political process in general. Tyler Dennis is a 19-year-old from Cedar Rapids and said he finds that different media biases impact the political process and determine who people vote for. Do you think like the, the media has been doing an okay job of sort of Covering the two candidates from your point of view, or do you I think, think the media is very swayed, and you
0: can see that by comparing different media outlets. Some uh, media sources are more liberal, and some are more conservative, and you can see that difference on how uh, they're on their bias and how they portray the different candidates, and like how often they do, and in what light.
4: Schultz said he talked to his dad about voting, and his dad told him that it's pretty easy. However, he said that while he's excited to vote for the first time, he's also nervous. The reason he had not yet cast his vote when we spoke was his lack of knowledge on the different candidates. The hard part is informing yourself, I think, knowing what's going on, he said. That's what's been holding me back. I don't want to go up there and vote and then not really know what I'm voting on. I'm Lily Bolke for the Iowa Watch Connection.
0: The Ethics and Politics Initiative is a special reporting team within the Daily Iowan, located at the University of Iowa in Iowa City. The team does in-depth political reporting. Iowa Watch Executive Director and Editor Lyle Muller serves as the team's reporting coach, and he spoke with two members of the team, Eliana Novich and Sarah Watson. Eliana Novich will be the first student voice you hear.
5: You've been talking with young voters. Give us an idea how many you've been talking to and what they're telling you as far as this election.
6: I've been talking with a variety of young voters, both who are involved in getting other young voters registered to vote, but then also voters who are at these registration tables that have been popping up around campus leading up to the midterms. And a lot of what I've heard is them talking about issues versus candidates' names, um, and also where they're going to be voting. I've heard a lot that are planning to vote by absentee um, from where they're from because they feel like their vote has more weight at those locations and in those districts versus here in Johnson County that tends to be more blue overall.
5: Are they all from Iowa or are they from other states as well?
6: I've talked a lot more from Iowa and I've heard voting by absentee versus going home to their actual um, hometowns.
5: Sarah as you're talking with voters or talking with reporters who are talking with voters are you getting a sense of whether or not these first-time voters are liking what they're hearing from candidates? Are they are their needs being fulfilled by the candidates?
2: I think it depends on what their views are. I think that abortion is a very key issue for a lot of voters. And I think that um, both, at least in the governor's race, uh, voters are hearing what they want to hear from either side, whether they support Kim Reynolds's pro-life agenda or whether they support f- what Fred Hubble is saying with restoring funding to Planned Parenthood.
5: Are you talking about these young voters hearing what they want to hear because they're predisposed to agree with it or are you talking about young voters who say they're hearing what they want to hear because those are the questions they want answered
2: that's a good question and i'm not sure that that is a ans- that is a question that i can answer that that they're aware of or that if they're aware that they're asking those questions or i think it's mostly that they're hearing the res- those positions from ads, and from, from campaign rallies, and maybe not seeking out or asking questions of candidates.
5: Do either of you sense excitement amongst first-time voters in Iowa about this election?
6: I think there's more of a passiveness to it. I don't think that I've been seeing as much of people actively getting engaged um, about who the actual candidates are that are running. I think they're aware of what issues they are maybe passionate about, like affordable health care or like Sarah said, um, pro-choice versus pro-life, but I haven't actually heard them relating those issues to who they're going to vote for because they stand for those values. And so I think there's been kind of a lack of push of education from what I've been talking to voters. And so I really question, like, if you're not getting educated, are you really going to then turn up to vote if you don't know who's even on the ballot?
2: And I think one of the things is that we don't have a huge personality like we did in the presidential race. Everybody knew the names of the candidates in the presidential race. Um, this in 2016, maybe more so than this 2018 election, there's just no, like, huge personality that everybody already knew beforehand Um, but I think that there's this push on social media especially kind of harnessing the meme culture to try and get people registered to vote and to try and get people to then vote but I guess we'll see if that if that works if that's motivating
5: Iowa will be electing a governor for a four-year term do you sense any kind of interest in that race especially amongst college students with whom you speak because of how much impact state government has on three public universities in Iowa.
6: I've heard a lot about being against the cuts that Kim Reynolds had has made recently to the three universities um, in terms of cutting back on how much she's funding for them. And that has really like been a talking point for I think a lot of people trying to engage young voters, but then also young voters saying that they don't want their tuition to continue to rise. And they definitely have linked her name, I feel like, more to the cuts than you know talking about how the legislature or the Board of Regents were involved in that.
5: Which was gonna be my question, because the legislature was involved with this as well.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: Do they talk about the legislators?
6: I haven't mm-hmm. heard that. It's no, usually nothing. been the big names of Kim Reynolds and on the occasion Fred Hubble, but again it goes back to I think there's a lack of education right now.
5: What did these candidates have to do to appeal to young voters?
2: I think the stand or the issue of education of funding education of saying this is going to be our priority even if there are going to be budget cuts if we see the or if there are going to be budget shortfalls again, we will prioritize education funding and we will um, prioritize funding for healthcare options I think is what voters want to hear.
6: I think part of it is meeting them where they are too. I feel like they've been around some of the college towns but actually having rallies at these college campuses um, or you know at you know, just more places that are accessible to them. I don't feel like I've seen that as much. I don't think people are always as motivated like to hear like, oh, Reynolds or Hubble are speaking in Cedar Rapids and I'm here in Iowa City or I'm up in Cedar Falls. I'm going to drive down to go see them. So I think part of it is just making their face known on these locations where there is a high um, percentage and population of these young voters.
0: Eliana Novich and Sarah Watson of the Ethics and Politics Initiative. EPI is a special reporting team within the Daily Iowan at the University of Iowa. They spoke with their reporting coach, Lyle Muller, who is also the executive director and editor of Iowa Watch. Coming up, the perspective from student journalists at Buena Vista University in Storm Lake. That's next as the Iowa Watch Connection continues. welcome back to the iowa watch connection i'm jeff stein we continue our examination of young voters in iowa by bringing you a report prepared by students at buna vista university in storm lake as originally aired on the campus radio station there kbvu
7: with an admittedly divided nation amidst the kavanaugh supreme court proceedings separated immigrant families at the border, and gun violence at schools and outdoor concert venues to name just a few issues, there is much speculation as to whether the upcoming midterm elections will see an uptick in voters or a dismissal of the process. This question is especially relevant as we look at the youth vote. According to a 2018 book called Political Behavior of the American Electorate by Elizabeth Thies Morse et al., one demographic group that consistently gets a lot of attention for not voting is young people. People in the 18-34 to 34 age cohort consistently vote at a lower rate than older people, sometimes by 20 percentage points. In 2014, the last midterm, this point bore out. CBS News reported that only 13% of the national electorate in the 2014 midterm was attributed to voters ages 18 to 29. The reasons? According to Thies Morse, young people often incorrectly think that politics doesn't have much of anything to do with their lives. This fact bears out when candidates then tailor their messages to the likelier voters in older generations. I'm Bradley Best. I'm a professor of political science at Buena Vista University
1: and I'm a specialist in the field of American politics, public policy, and public law. So it, so the iron's kind of hot in a sense for uh, young and first-time voters uh, to sort of plant their flag and express their preferences and um, speak in a meaningful way through the use of their vote to how it is that they see the direction of the country and what it is that they value. So it's a, it's a very important opportunity for young and first time voters to get involved and it's an opportunity not to be missed. So I encourage young voters to register and vote.
7: According to fairvote.org, at its peak in 1966, the midterm elections drew 48.7% of eligible voters. In the last 100 years, the worst voter turnout was 32.9% in 1926. In 2014, the most recent midterm election prior to this one, the voter turnout came closer to that historic low with 35.9%. Notably, the lowest presidential election year turnout in the last century was 48.9%, still higher than the best turnout for the midterms in the nation. In the last two elections in 2014 and 2016, Iowa was ranked in the top 10 states of the nation for voter turnout. The
1: absence of two presidential candidates on the, uh, the national ticket, uh, the absence of those, of those personalities, the absence of a presidential race generally, seems to somewhat suppress turnout
7: uh, at midterm election time. But will the youth in Buena Vista County go to the polls for the 4th District? In Northwest Iowa, the Congressional race features 69-year-old Republican incumbent Steve King facing 38-year-old Democratic challenger J.D. Scholten, a former professional baseball player. We talked with a variety of students at Buena Vista University in Storm Lake, Iowa to learn about their plans for midterm voting, and the responses were varied.
6: My name is Jordan Daggs Olson. I am 18 years old. My hometown is Eldora, Iowa. I am a first-time voter.
2: All right, Haley Haynes, uh, Majors History 5 through 12. I'm from Oakland, Iowa, and I'm a junior.
1: Do you plan on voting in the midterm elections on November 6th?
2: Yes. Probably that not enough people vote as it is, and I think even though people say, like, it's just one vote, it won't count, I think it actually does make a big difference, so I kind of want to be part of that
0: difference. So.
7: But some are choosing to vote in their home states because of key races there.
0: My name is uh, Coleman Roberts. I'm 20 years old. My hometown is Chandler, Arizona. This is my second time voting. Uh, I do plan on voting in the midterm election in an absentee ballot. And I registered to vote online.
7: Not unlike previous midterms, though, some admitted that voting wasn't on their list of priorities. Do you plan on voting in the midterm elections? I do not.
1: I had not planned to vote in the midterm elections on November 6th.
7: And I do not plan on voting in the midterm elections. Since 1971, the Constitution has afforded Americans 18 years and older the right to choose the kind of representation they want in government and weigh in on key issues of the time. Whether they will do that in 2018 will depend on a variety of issues, not the least of which is their own trust in the process. Apart from that, what I do see happening
1: in the 2018 elections is that the national electorate seems a little bit poised for what is being referred to as a blue wave. If that happens on the scale that the polls seem to be suggesting, what we could see is that the Democrats Democrats will regain uh, majority control of both the House and the Senate. They have to flip about 22 seats, they have to net gain 22 seats in the democratic direction in order for that uh, blue wave I think to be fully realized. But that's what I see as at least possible as we head
7: into November. This is Guy Tannenbaum, reporting for KBVU. This story was produced with reporting help from Iran Carlos, Cooper Maz, Tyler Bruner, Emily Kenny, Alyssa Ertz, and Omar Alcorda. It was produced by Omar Alcorda and
0: Tyler Bruner. The report from students at Buena Vista University in Storm Lake, as originally aired on the campus radio station there, kbvu and a reminder early voting is now underway in iowa and polls on election day november 6th will be open from 7 a.m until 9 p.m statewide and that brings us to the close of this week's program we're back again next week at this same time in the meantime you can connect with us online iowawatch.org click on the iowa watch connection tab at the top of the page to listen to all or part of this program again For a list of stations that carry the program and more, iowawatch.org. Follow us on Twitter at IowaWatch and be sure to use the hashtag IAWatchConnection when commenting about the program. We're on Facebook too, facebook.com slash iowawatch. And you can let us know your thoughts about this program or suggest ideas for future programs by email. The address is radio at iowawatch.org. The program is produced in the studios of KXEL Radio, Waterloo, Cedar Falls, Cedar Rapids. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you'll make the Iowa Watch Connection again next week.
3: The Iowa Watch Connection is a copyrighted presentation of the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, which is solely responsible for its content. For more information about the center, including how you can contribute so high-quality investigative and community affairs journalism and student training can continue, Go online, iowawatch.org.